Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network, presented by Extreme Threads. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network, brought to you by Extreme Threads and my good friends at Associated Labels. And packaging, it's Jake Elliott, it's Evan Schemenauer back with you, and well, it's been seven days since we talked to you last, and still no progress, still no agreement uh, between the Players Association and the owners, the Board of Governors, if you will, for the National Lacrosse League, as we still wait to hear if we are going to have a season here in 2018-2019 in the National Lacrosse League, and Evan, um... I guess, where do we begin this week? Uh, a lot of stuff has happened in the last seven days, and on the flip side, not a lot has happened. Uh, why don't you try and give us a brief recap, a synopsis of what you've managed to uh, hear and, and have your ear to over the last seven days? Yeah, for a hobby that this is, this has been one exhausting week. For and It was a four-day work week. I thought it would probably last about eight. Uh, you know, we had the official cancellation of the Rush game uh, against the Mammoth uh, on Monday. And at that point, we were still kind of wondering what was going to happen with the regular season. And then Tuesday morning, we found out that uh, Commissioner Stakevich had sent a letter to the PLPA stating that if the players didn't accept the owner's deal as it was back on October 31st, which the players had already rejected, he was going to cancel the first two weeks of the season at 5 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, moving forward, then we got into the situation where the players did put a proposal in front of the owners uh, late Wednesday night. Uh, because of the talks that were ongoing on Wednesday, the league pushed the deadline back to Thursday. But uh, the owners unanimously rejected that uh, offering, informing the players they needed to come up with another offer by 3 p.m. Eastern uh, without even as much of a counter offer from the owners as to what they were looking for. And uh, so at 3 p.m. Eastern Thursday, we had the news from the league that the first two weeks of the league were canceled. Now, we don't know if that means games are completely off or whether they'll be rescheduled in the future, but that's yet to be determined. Since that point, um, we do know that an informal offer was made by the owners to the players late Thursday night, but nothing concrete. And then... A formal offer did arrive on Saturday, but I've yet to hear anything as to what took place there. Um, For the most part, things have been very quiet. Uh, A lot of feedback on the interview last week with the PLPA, um, and it did spark a lot of discussion out on social media. It sure did. And uh, just to get to that point, I suppose, uh, coming up this week, on Lacrosse Classified, we'll get the other side, the other perspective, as uh, we finally got a guy that is going to speak on the behalf of the owners, and he is an owner in the National Lacrosse League. He's the president, the owner, the general manager of the Toronto Rock. Jamie Dowick will join us here on Lacrosse Classified, along with my man Patty Gregoire of NLL Relax fame and uh, an NLL analyst, uh, great guy, Smoking Patty Gregoire. 
will join us uh, coming up here in about five ten minutes, and then Jamie Dowick uh, will sit down for an extended talk to trying to get you know get a little bit of their perspective. I know a lot of people are are going pretty hard at the commissioner and and the owners alike, saying you know like pay the players, get a deal done. They just want a fair deal, but I don't think people really understand the whole dynamic of it all, and they just see these millionaires, billionaires, uh, in some cases, fighting over what, you know, potentially is thousands of dollars. But in other cases, it's millions of dollars. And, you know, these guys don't become wealthy people by just handing away their money. So I think it's important that we talk to the other side and kind of get their perspective and give fans an idea on where they're coming from and why we are where we are. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're sitting with a situation where we don't know if we're going to have a season at this stage. We know the first two weeks are off. You know, will the owners come back and, you know, say, you know, if we get a deal done right away, we'll reschedule those two weeks, um, or we'll play a shortened season? Or are we running into a situation where a week or two from now, the owners will say, you know what, we're hanging it up for this year. That's entirely possible at this stage. Yeah, I, I think it's probably more imminent than a couple of weeks from now. I think we're talking a matter of days before that happens. And as far as rescheduling the games go, I don't really see that being uh, a possibility or an avenue to even go down here for the owners because all these all these teams they play in buildings that are you know populated on a daily basis, and they've secured dates for an 18-game regular season, but now those dates have been canceled. They're going to fill those dates with other things, and on the back half of things, I'm not sure they're going to be able to find dates to play those games even if they wanted to, and if they did, they would probably have to be like midweek games, and we know that's not really an, an option in the National Lacrosse League. So I think if we are going to get a season in, it's going to be – you're going to see maybe like two weeks of training camp and then a 16-game schedule like – we used to have uh, a couple of years ago, so it'll probably start, uh, I want to say, the first week of January sort of thing if if we can manage to get a deal done and get a season going by then. But I really don't see a scenario where they make those two games up. But then, you know, of course, you run into the problem that you have to rebalance the schedule because not everybody's playing two games those opening two weeks. Well, Philadelphia doesn't even play a game in those opening two weeks. Some teams don't have a home game. Some teams don't have a road game. But you're right, they'd have to almost redo the entire schedule. I'm sure they would probably try and keep as many dates as they can, but then you got to worry about divisional matchups and making sure that you have those head-to-head scenarios crossed off. It is a big, big mess, no question about it. And, and the best-case scenario is that these guys sit down. From all accounts, I think uh, the Board of Governors are, are, are on a call this morning as we record Lacrosse Classified here on a Monday morning. We'll release it to you, obviously, on a Tuesday And we wanted to kind of wait until the last possible minute to record and to book our guest because with a a fluid situation like this, things can change so quickly that you kind of want to wait as long as you can to get the most current information out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many unknowns at this stage and you can understand how lacrosse fans are nervous. You know, they don't know when their first game is going to be, if there's going to be a game. And, you know, they've, they've got a lot at stake here because they've got a lot of emotions invested into these teams and into these players. So, you know, a lot of them are tuned into their social media trying to find the latest news. And, 
you know, especially when one side hasn't really released much, it's kind of difficult to get that anxiety out of them. Well, hopefully we'll rectify that situation here on Lacrosse Classified today. And you talk about the fans being invested, Evan. I mean, talk about the players and their investment. I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys have full-time jobs and other careers that surround the National Lacrosse League that, you know, they do Monday to Friday and then they go play lacrosse on the weekend. But there are, I would say, a healthy portion of guys that rely on an LL paycheck, whether it be to supplement their, their mortgage or whatever their their boat payment or whatever the case is, to go without that money for an entire year has got to be a bit of a concern for the players as far as an investment goes there. And then you look at the owner side of things, there's, there's a portion of owners in this league that are losing money hand over fist. So those are probably the guys that are going – you know what? Like I'm, I'm okay if we don't have a season here. I'll save myself a million dollars. But then there's owners that are making money in this league, going, "Hang on a second here. Like this is this is a huge investment for me, and I don't want to lose out on the revenue that I can generate over the next six months, putting people in seats and sponsorships and all the rest of it." And then you look at guys that are coming into the league, Comcast and, and Joe Ty. and they're going like, "I want to roll my new franchise out, and this garbage is happening." Like. It is a major concern here for all parties involved, fans, players, owners. And uh, let's throw lacrosse classified podcasters in there as well, Evan, because (laughs) at the end of the day, if there's no NLL season, this podcast is not going to be as good as it normally would be being able to talk to players and owners and coaches and everybody else involved during the National Lacrosse League season. Yeah, and I mean... Every individual player is in a completely different situation. You know, if you're a rookie, you're desperate to get into this league. And right now, like we spoke with Steven Stamp last week, you know, your shot at getting into the NLL is eroding every day that this is delayed. If you're a veteran, you got another six months off, great. You know, you can let that body heal. So that might not necessarily be a bad thing. But, you know, some of these players are looking short-term. Some are looking to the long-term and saying, We've got to hold this out because we need that future revenue growth. We can't continue to play for twenty or $30,000 a year forever. So, you know, it all really depends on the individual's perspective. And the, the board there at the, uh, the PLPA, as long as the player reps, are pretty much on side with the fact that we do need to rectify this for the future. Yeah, and, and I really think a large part of it is the older guys, the vets, if you will, are kind of putting their foot down, digging in their heels for the younger guys that are coming up. And and although the deal that they're asking for may be more beneficial to the veterans of this league, eventually those rookies in the league are going to get to that point. But I think it's important to note that you don't want to leave the first, second, third year guys kind of hanging in the wind in this whole process and and not take care of those guys now instead of worrying about what they're going to do in the future because you know the the lesser likes if you will and they're professional cross players and I don't want to refer to them as lesser likes but you know what I'm saying they're not the superstars of the league yet but they're just as important to their team as we move forward here for their franchises so they need to be taken care of as well well and you think about it like a a team like Saskatchewan could get back onto the field in relatively short order they don't have a lot of players they got to select from. San Diego signed, what, about 45, 50 players at this stage? How do you figure out a team when you really haven't had a team in the past to figure out with? You know, you got all these guys in training camp. 
The other thing we forgot to mention is that last Thursday they were supposed to announce an expansion team in New in Long Island, and now that's completely on hold. So there's a lot of things all in play here all at once. Yeah, and and just to talk to that a little bit, you know, the announcement was supposed to come down from the league to to announce the franchise uh, from New York, and I I've heard conflicting reports that the league wanted to put that on hold just because of the optics of what it would look like to announce an expansion franchise while CBA negotiations are going on. But I also heard that the ownership group in New York said, you know what, maybe we'll just hold off here until you guys figure out this mess because we're not quite sure we want to jump into the pool while all this is going on. So that's that's really concerning when you hear something like that. And just the last point I want to make before we get to, to Pat Gregoire here is that I am happy to see you sent me a list of the player reps the other day, Evan, and, and I had a look at that list and we were kind of thinking, like, who do we want to talk to from the player side if we can't get an owner on the show? And I was looking at the list and it was good for me to see there is a number of veterans on that list. Uh, David Brock and Chris Corbeil, some guys that have been, Dan Dawson that have been in the league for a long time. But then there was a nice mix of guys like Dan Coates and Cam Holding who were, you know, established veterans in this league, but not, you know, near the tail end of their career. And then there was younger guys, Kyle Jackson, Mitch DeSnew. So I think it's important for the PLPA, and I think it's a smart idea that they've had young guys, mid-range guys, and older guys all kind of representing all the different franchises to get the perspective from the players from the rookies right up to the established veterans. Yeah, so, I mean, we're looking forward to hearing from Jamie and seeing what the other side of the coin is because, to be honest, we really haven't heard much from the owners and we get our first opportunity to get that ear in the room and see where they're coming from. Well, stay tuned for that. But before we get to Jamie Dowick, we got my man, Smoking Patty. Patty Gregoire is coming up here on Lacrosse Classified. Stay tuned. You got it locked right here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Thanks to our Extreme Threads fans. Customize your team with Extreme Threads. You can find them online at www.extremethreads.ca. Mention me, that's Jake. You can say Jumbo, you can say Jake, you can say PXP for sports. Whatever you want to call me, just make sure you mention my name and that you heard it on Lacrosse Classified. And if you sign up for an apparel package for your team, your coach, your manager... They get some free stuff. What more do you want? Just email them at sales at extremethreads.ca or you can find them on social media at Extreme Threads. All right. Uh, Pat Gregoire is now on Lacrosse Classified. Patty, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, fellas. Our pleasure. Uh, what what do, you, what do you got going today, man? What are you up to? Last couple of days seem pretty quiet, which could be good things or I, I don't really know how to assess that but uh 
I know lacrosse fans are starting to really, really get nervous. So, so in your mind, how close is it to getting a deal done, or are we still miles apart? Uh, me personally, the, from what I've heard as well, I think we're still really far apart. Uh, everything just leads to to me to believe that there are still, you know, certain aspects of this deal that want to get done, and obviously, you know, the ATR, the lacrosse related revenue is a huge thing in the term as well but it seems like everything else kind of has come together but the two or three major parts for this cba are still so far apart and neither side are are ready to budge they they're both you know anytime you think there is a a little bit of hope uh, and the one side says you know we've got a really good deal stay tuned we'll see what happens here uh, the other side completely throws it down, and, and it seems like they don't like the deal at all or whatsoever. Yeah, that that really does seem to be the case, Pat. And it's interesting, you know. I, I've people kind of constantly ask me, "Have you heard anything? Have you heard anything?" And sometimes I hear things, and it's bad. And sometimes I don't hear anything, and it's good. Sometimes I don't hear anything, it's bad. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like you really yeah. don't, you really don't know. And 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 you're right. I think. You know, these deals that are getting passed around, I think the the whole, you know, missing work and the mileage and the expenses and all, you know, the per diem and all that sort of stuff, I think, is, has been put aside. I think they've agreed on that, but it's it's the major topics now that need to get rectified. And you're right, like, it, it's not just, okay, that's pretty good, I think we're close, but we're still not quite happy with it. It's like, no, that is ridiculous. We don't. We're not taking that. That's that's offensive. That you would even send that to us. Like it, it's it's ugly. Like it, it, and they're not they're not close on that. And I'm not sure what it's going to take for them to get close. It's kind of a situation where the players are saying like, we're holding out until we get that deal, and the owners are saying, well, we've made our final offer, and if you don't take it, you can kiss the season goodbye. Yeah, and I think you nailed it. It's ugly and it's personal now at this point. It just seems that each side is so adamant on getting what they exactly want. They want the perfect deal. Uh, I know the players have said that obviously they have made some sacrifices on their end, and they have, and, and I think the league has done a good job as well meeting some of those needs. But when it comes down to those major, major topics that we've said, neither team is ready to budge. And I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, the, the players have said, you know, three times now the league has put forward a deal, but it's been the same deal. Whereas you, you, you talk to the, the owners and some of the league representatives and they think that, you know, the deal that they've put forward, each deal has been completely different and has been a very fair deal. So it, it, it's just, it's come to this point where, you know, you, I, I've said it and you've even said it. It just seems like every time we take, you know, one step forward, we're taking two or three steps back. You know, in the Random Thoughts article that's coming out today, I've, I've addressed the whole ATR versus drop count situation. And, you know, the reality is we've seen some of the attendance numbers this, just this past week um, where attendance has actually come down. That doesn't mean lacrosse revenues come down. Mm-hmm. But the attendance numbers have gone down. They're never going up. So the, under the owner's proposal, really, there doesn't seem to be a way that the players could actually get anything more than a minimum. Well, not only that, Evan, but you know, what's what's a kind of a concerning thing for me a little bit, and we talked to Dave and Peter about this a week ago, is that 
they want the increase when the increase is going up, right? Like they, if it increases by 5%, they want their 5%. If it goes up by 8% the next year, they want the... But what if it goes down 5%? Well, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no going down for the players. They have their floor, and that, and that, like, to me, the owners could really take a bath in that category if, God forbid, and, like, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it did, and all of a sudden revenue starts to go down and it doesn't go down for the players and the players keep at that same level or go up, like, how does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, and that, that's one thing. I think that's kind of maybe just getting lost uh, and, you know, with Nick Sakevich coming on board, everything sounds, you know, he, he's got a great, um, you know, a, a great platform. Uh, he, he's, you know, when he's come out on interview, even the interview that he just did, um, you know, earlier last week, uh, still saying that, you know, he sees a lot of growth for the league and it's always uh, he sees more teams coming in. So I think when the players hear that and see that, they they just automatically assume all right like this is this is good for the league which obviously it is good for the league but as Nick Sakevich even said on that interview not right now the, the, just because we were bringing in we're starting to bring in these teams are starting to think in things we're not quite ready just yet and and I think it's just a very very tough spot for the players because they are seeing those numbers and w- what they think that's going to happen and that's they just don't want to you know, get hurt by a, a a deal that they sign and it goes forward. But like you said, on the other side, the owners could get hit, a hit by it because if they do make that deal and maybe the revenue isn't as good as Nick Sakevich wants it to be or has the idea or the other owners have. And then now the players are, are the leagues taking a bath, as, as you said, Jumbo. I mean, and it's got to be a difficult situation for the owners to to come up with a comprehensive position because you've got teams like the Saskatchewan Rush who, you know, if the salary cap went up $150,000, it's not the end of the world. you got teams like the Arlottas there with in Georgia who are struggling to get by and, you know, incurring massive losses, and they just can't handle any of these requests from the players that are coming. Yeah, and from what I've heard, I, I know that uh, you know the the Arlotta group in Georgia. They're one of the more vocal groups uh, owners in this whole thing, and uh, that's the thing. You're right. You nailed it on the head. It's 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 very difficult as well when you have teams that are you know so successful, like you said, like Saskatchewan. Uh, I mean, strong ownerships uh, across the league, but then you have others that uh, that aren't quite at the the level that the other ones are. So. How do you anticipate them or how do you expect them to be able to, you know, spend the same amount of money as some of the more wealthier owners and some of the more, you know, more successful franchises? It just doesn't work. It's a difficult situation that the game of lacrosse is in and, of course, the National Lacrosse League. Yeah, and and just for fans that don't know, as far as the – we kind of recapped and and laid out how it works with the players and – having the PLPA and their representation and then player reps, you know, taking the information to their teams and getting votes and for ratification for the owner side of things. It's not every single ownership group that is part of the negotiations and they kind of have a representation of those different factions with Arlotta and then Calgary and Buffalo. And I think new England's in there as well, along with the commissioner. So I mean, right. you mentioned John Arlotta, like, 
that guy to me, I, I, I hold near and dear to my heart because he gave me my kind of real start in the national cross league back in when we were in Minnesota and I got all day for John Arlotta. I, I, I will go on record with saying that, but, but the man has literally, you know, he's owned the swarm for a better part of a decade, if not longer, maybe 11 or 12 years. And I don't know what the total figure is for, for John, but God bless the man because it's double digits and it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. And, you know, the man loves lacrosse and he wants to see this league be successful and he wants to he wants to run a successful business himself. And, yeah, sure, uh, you're losing a bunch of money, sell your team, get out of the league um, if you can't take it. That's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at it is here's a guy that has invested his life savings into this league and his team and a guy that has won a championship and wants what's best for the game. He's He's built a stadium uh, at Notre Dame University that's named after him. The man loves lacrosse, and he's he's fighting for him, the other owners. And, yeah, you can look at it like, okay, well, Joe Ty, the guy's a billionaire. This is a drop in the bucket for him. It's not the case for every owner in the National Lacrosse League. That's not the reality here. So, um, you know, that's I guess that's my little soapbox for the owners just because I, I have a real – soft spot for John and and for what he's done for for me and my career and and not only that but my life but again I get where the players are are coming from but you just have to kind of be able to soak this thing in as a whole and not just look at certain owners and going well that guy you know he's got more money than God well not they're not all like that and and that's kind of the crux of it here is that it's a collective thing on one hand for the owners even though it's individual franchises they're working in a league together and they have to do what's right for everybody as we speak with pat gregoire i don't even know what to to say now pat gregoire no more nll relax for you uh are you affiliated with anybody now what what's going on in the life and times of pat gregoire as we hopefully lead up to a national lacrosse league season (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no relax anymore. I know they're going to still have the relax show, but uh, with NLL Productions moving down to Philadelphia, the uh, the gang down there is going to take over the relax show. But uh, I will be continuing my uh, my writing with Isle Indoor. I've got the uh, Gregoire's Grinders uh, column each week, where I pretty much go through all different uh, players across the league. Uh, and talk about the guys that are the unsung heroes of the league. I like. I don't it. really quite get the. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, when I played, uh, you know, I was a defender, so I, I know all about the guys that uh, that are the unsung heroes, even though they don't care about getting you know yeah. the. Well, the that's accolades. what a grind, That's what being a grinder is all about. I'm a little. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around you putting a helmet on over that hairdo of yours. I mean that that <laughs> thing is is perfect all the time. I, I just can't picture a helmet going over top of that beautiful hair of yours. Uh, well, back when I played, my hair was probably down to my shoulders. So I had the flow going back oh, then. So. <laughs> I need to see a picture of that. I'll, I'll get you a pic. I'll, I'll I'll send you one over Twitter. How about that? do it so you have to tell us a story here last year you got this nickname smoking patty gregoire how in oh, the gosh. world did that come about uh, <laughs> honestly we were we were getting ready to prep for uh the nll relax show i had a cold and my voice i've got a pretty raspy voice to begin with but it was a it was really raspy and 
Tyson and Ashley, uh, Tyson Geik and Ashley Donking, of, of formerly of uh, NLL Productions, they were giving me a hard time saying, oh, what'd you get up to last night? Assuming, you know, I had a couple of adult beverages and spend uh, the town on the night and uh, or the night on, on the town. And uh, so as we get recording, Ashley also insinuated that I was a smoker, which I am absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> And next thing you know, everything just takes off. Everyone's calling me Smoking Patty. They're calling me Smoking Patty. I got buddies, who I, I, you know, down at in school in Buffalo that are NLL fans texting me saying Smoking Patty is. Uh, it really just got away, and now it's stuck. I, I don't how, really have much of a choice. That's how the best nicknames happen, man. And that's how the best nicknames happen. A couple more minutes here with uh, Isle Indoors, Pat Gregoire. Um, Assuming that we eventually get a season here, Pat, uh, we asked Steve Bermel this, we asked Stephen Stamp this, and I guess we'll ask you as well. Uh, we don't want you to recap every single team and their potential futures, but uh, maybe a, a prediction out of the East, a prediction out of the West. Who do you got uh, going to the NLL Cup this season? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll start in the West, and I think it's a little bit of a, you know, an easy way out, but how, how do you not have the rush? rush there at least at the start of the year uh you know what what uh keenan's been able to do with that group uh it's remarkable i mean matthews with the season he had last year i mean you go up and down the roster i know they are missing some key pieces on defense as well but uh knowing keenan he's got obviously if you know some eyes on some certain guys i know a guy like jordy jones smith he's going to get a chance to to you know, battle in uh, training can't maybe fill a spot as more of a depth piece. Um, uh, but they're a team there that automatically they're a contender. In the East, two teams that I'm really, really excited to see hit the floor and kind of building off what Stamper was saying is, uh, is the Buffalo Bandits. They've completely revamped their defense. They're so much quicker on the back end. You know, they're two top picks in Gilray and, and McKay. Those guys, I watched a lot of them this summer. Um you know, in major series lacrosse, both of them are, are immediate game changers for that defense. And then obviously rumblings that uh, Buffalo Bandits will have a, you know, a, an elite goalie in between the pipes that definitely can change things. And then for the Toronto rock, for me, there's another team, you know, the offense at some points last season were some of the best numbers that we've seen, you know, averaging over, I think it was like a four or five uh, game span, putting up 20 points, but then Tom Schreiber goes down and that completely changes the look of that team. So I think with a healthy Tom Schreiber, you know, a healthy uh, Rob Hellier, we saw him last year. And then, you know, Adam Jones, another season, uh, you know, used to this group. He also was, you know, had a stretch there where he wasn't playing too consistent, but he was also, you know, kind of distracted by uh, the fact that he had a, you know, a baby on the way. I think that offense has a chance to be back to what it was. Obviously not putting up, you know, a 20 spot each game, but they're going to be dynamic. And, and I love the defense and, and Nick Rose that they have back there too. Absolutely. I was going to say, you better give uh, the rock a little kudos as we got Jimmy Dowa coming up next. You say Buffalo, I gotta, I gotta have to let him know that. And <laughs> no, no, he, no, no, he, no. Might, he might get a phone call. Hey Patty, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts on the CBA, giving us a little preview of the season. Uh, uh, keep that good work going on IL with Gregoire's Grinders, and we'll catch up with you down the road. Yeah, perfect, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Thank coming you. on. Pat Gregoire of IL Indoor. All right, folks, buckle up. Uh, for the first time, we are going to get an owner of the National Lacrosse League to speak on the current CBA negotiations right here 
on your home of the NLL and all things indoor lacrosse. Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars podcast. We're back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. You know what they do? They create first impressions. Check them out at associated-labels.com. Com. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer here on the Lacrosse Classified Podcast and now joined by the owner, by the president, and by the general manager. No, it's not three people. It's just one. Jamie Dowick join us here on Lacrosse Classified. Jamie, this is normally a time when you would probably like to be at a final table at the Wynn Hotel down in Las Vegas at the World Series of Poker, but yet you're uh-huh. dealing with a collecting a bargaining agreement uh, along with the rest of the owners in the National Lacrosse League. We appreciate you taking some time to stop by here and chat with us on Lacrosse Classified. Other than that, how are you doing? Doing okay, Jumbo. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. I'm well. I'm happy to be uh, back doing what I love to do and uh, happy to have you on the show. Uh, you're really kind of the first guy that's taken the time to maybe go on the record with some things here. It's It's been pretty quiet as far as, as, far as the owner's side of things go, so... Maybe we'll start there. It's been pretty quiet in general for the last 48, 72 hours. Maybe you can update us and start there. Has there been any progress, any talks, any proposals? What can you tell us that's happened over the last uh, three three days here? Well, I mean, uh, I believe there's some talks going on. I mean, um, you know, it's it's you haven't heard a lot from the owners. I mean, the reality is this is part of the business, and, um, you know, I guess I guess it's just our belief that really taking this to a public forum or whatever doesn't really help in getting a deal done or whatever. And really, at the end of the day, um, you know, that's kind of what what we're all about. So, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really good things happening in this league, and and I think this league's headed in the right in the right direction. Um, you know, we got, we got some expansion going on. We got, we got a deal with Turner and BR live, which is huge. And, you know, we just feel like now's not the time to, you know, jeopardize the growth, all, all these great things that have been happening. And, and, you know, it's concerning. Um, we've had to cancel some games that that's not, that's not fun, but we, we know we've made a, a very good offer to the players and, you know, at, at some point you got to uh, say this is what it is, and you know we've we we've made our we we made our we made our best offer to try and not have to cancel any games to begin with. So, uh, you know, you know me, I've invested a ton of money in lacrosse over the years, and you know I've put my whole life into it, and with my facility and with the team and the this and the that. So. Um, you know, I, uh, I I think I think the owners are very. You know, we're all on the same page, and, and we need to do what's right. You know, for us for now and moving forward. And and um, you know, this is a very unique unique league, to say the least. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm real hopeful 
you know, I, like I said, we've made our final offer. You know, I, I do believe the P, PLPA is, has maybe made a few concessions to try and get closer to where we were. You know, I'm really hopeful that something's going to happen here, you know, in the next, you know, the immediate future because it needs to. Um, if it doesn't happen in the immediate future, this season is in, is in huge jeopardy. And, you know, I don't like saying that, but it's just the truth. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. This concept of ATR, is this a deal breaker for the owners? It is a deal breaker for the owners. I mean, you know, without getting too much into it, this might be something that will, in my opinion, will, you know, down the road, five, ten years down the road or something like that. Maybe it's something we can talk about, but it's so premature right now. It doesn't even really exist. Um, you know, uh, it, you know, I don't even, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bizarre one for sure. Um, you know, we want to, we, we want to do a fair deal for both sides, both, both us and the players. And, and, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't have one without the other. You need them both. You need to work together. You need to, you need to get what's done. And, and, you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, the players can see, can see through our offer and see it's a good offer and accept it and, and move forward. So it kind of sounds to me as we speak with the owner of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick, that, and, and talking with them a week ago as well, that their deal that they want is really kind of curtailed to more about what the future is going to hold for this league and not what really maybe the reality of the league is right now. Am I kind of on the right track with that? Well, that would be a pretty good statement there, Jumbo, I think. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, listen, no, we're not looking to take advantage of them. Um, it's just not there yet, you know. And there's, there's a lot of great things happening, but, you know, those things need to happen, and then, then it takes time to see the, see the benefits, you know, and, and feel the benefits. So, um, you know, that's why, you know, people like myself have continued to invest in this game and, and the game of lacrosse and all these things for what might be at the end of the tunnel. Are you but, willing you – know, sorry, Jamie. Are you willing, oh, are you willing to t- tell people – how much money a year you lose on average? You know, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that makes sense to to really get into that. But, I, but it's a significant it's a, number. It's a, it is a significant number, and uh, and you're you know, not like the I only said, one. I, I knew. I knew what I was getting into ten years ago, um, and you know, I really truly believe that you know we can continue to strive to make it more of a successful business um you know if i didn't then it's just a real expensive hobby i don't don't look at it like that it needs to be you know it it needs to be more than that it's about and and i believe in it and i believe you know we're heading in the right direction and all those things help me grow my business but you know i feel like um you know, for me and what the so-called, uh, you know, center of the lacrosse world, um, you know, business is a challenge here. 
Um, and, uh, that bothers me. I, I take that personally and, and I'd like to be doing a lot better there, but, um, reality is reality and it is what it is. So if we roll back the clock to last Wednesday, last Thursday, they made it, the players made an offer to you, um, five years exit after two. If you can't get the ATR function worked out, why was this unacceptable to the ownership? Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's just, um, Let's put it this way. Um, I don't know if you guys are always getting, you know, just getting the true sides of every story. So let's let's leave it at that. I don't want to get back into that. Um, you know, it's real easy to say something was offered, and there were, you know, but there's, there's, you know, there's always other things involved in this and that. So, uh, um, you know, I, the, the owners in our final and best offer that we made, you know, at the end of October before we had to start canceling, um, dates and stuff like that. Um, you know, the owners have been looking for a very long-term deal here. Um, it, 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 it's, and the reason for that is, you know, we can't continue to, to try and do the things that we've been doing expansion and this and that without it, it makes it really challenging. How long, Jamie? Um, it, Listen, Jumbo, in a, in a perfect world, you know, um, you know, you need a 10-year deal. I mean, like, honestly, like, it's just tough. You know, you're asking, uh, you know, you're, you're, we're going after, uh, you know, big, big corporations, multi-billion dollar corporations that have a lot going on on their plate. And, um, you know, they need, they need cost certainty. They don't need to be fighting over CBAs. Um, you know, for things that really don't impact their budget in a huge way. You know, there's a lot of other ways that those teams could be making money um, when they control their buildings and this and that. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, you know, the shorter the deal. Um, the tougher it is to rein short, in new potential. The shorter potential. the deal, the tougher it is for anything. So, um, you know, that 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 that's all. And, and um you know, so that that that's the biggest challenge there. But yeah, I don't want to get into you know specifics of the deal. Um, I I think I, we feel good about our offer. Like uh, I, I take no shame in it. I think it's a great offer. Um, you know, and 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 it's kind of at the point where you know if these guys don't think it's fair, and uh, you know, unfortunately, choose not to play over it. Um, that that I guess will be their decision to make. Um, but we feel good about our offer that we've put on the table, and uh, you know we think it's fair to each and every player. So in reality, you say best and final offer. There's no way to bridge the gap at this stage. There's no, there's. Uh, well, how big is the gap, know. Jamie? Maybe start there. Well, it depends on who you talk to, uh, really. Um, and that's the, the toughest thing. Like, you know, I can talk to, I can talk to five different people and get five different stories. Right. So, um, you know, I think, I think we might've, you know, I, I, I think it, it's all a matter of, you know, I, hopefully that these guys understand that this lacrosse-related revenue and all that, it's not there right now. Um, 
you know, it, it makes me sick to my stomach to think there could be a deal breaker issue for something that really shouldn't even be a deal right now. You know what I mean? Down the road, like I said, who knows? Um, but we're not there. And I just, I, you know, I, I've been involved for 10 years. Like, there's a lot of people, a lot of owners that, lot, you know, lost a lot of money over the years keeping this league going. And, and you know, 30 years this league is. And it would just be, it would just be a crying shame to see, you know, something, you know, that, that happened that, you know, you can't uh, work your way out of. So hopefully uh, everyone you know, thanks long and hard about, uh, about what's going on here. And, and we can, uh, you know, pull one out of the hat here at the last minute and get back to what we all really want to see happen. And that's see these guys playing lacrosse in the national lacrosse league. Speaking with Jamie Dowick on the lacrosse classified podcast, uh, a few more minutes with you, Jamie, I appreciate you doing this. Um, do we have a, a date in mind? I mean, what's the next step here? Is it is it more games canceled? Is it cancel the season? Is it keep talking and hopefully something happens before you make any kind of announcement? What what's next? We're on we're on life support here. We need to get some we need to get something done uh, very quickly or the season is in jeopardy. Are the owners unanimous in that thought process? The owners are unanimous. And then you know, like we've all, we're all, it's funny because well, not funny, but we all come from different walks of life. We all got different things going on. Um, you know, having said that, we're 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 all on the same page. We understand why we're doing things, and and um, you know, we we're we're good. We're 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 all on the same page, and and we're hopeful that the players can be on that same page with us. So if you have a league cancellation for this entire season, how does the league recover? That's a that would be a great question. I really hope we don't. Uh, it doesn't get to that point. Um, I, I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't I don't want to really think about that right now. Um, the problem is, you know, there's there's just there's a lot to it. I mean, it's it's not just x amount of players um you know there's people there's i have a staff that runs my business on a day-to-day business you know there's there's just so many things um involved so uh it's a pretty big thing and uh i i don't know how it would how it what what effect it would have um you know, to me, if if the players choose not to play, not to accept our offer and not play this year, um, you know, to me, they're not really that interested in getting back on the floor, and and so who knows what the future might be. Let's let's hope smarter heads prevail here. Indeed, let's let's hope that Jamie. Um, the Long Island franchise was supposed to be announced on the fifteenth of November. That got postponed. Can you tell me whether that was the league's decision to postpone that due to optics and, and announcing an expansion franchise due during a, a CBA negotiation, or was it the ownership group in Long Island saying maybe we should hold off here and, and let things settle before we commit to joining this league? Let me ask you 
about to make a big financial investment in something and you were sitting on the outside watching what's happening happen, would you not be a little concerned? I guarantee I would. I just, it, it was, <laughs> so, okay. I mean, you, ans- you answered my question with a question. Yeah, I, I listen. I, I'm not. It's not. Um, I got you. You know, I got I, you. I, I don't really. I don't really know the the, the total answer on that. Um, you know, I, I listen. Rightfully so. I would think there would be some concern. Um, you know, I would think that that would be the normal reaction. Evan, well, maybe let's take a page away from this. Um, on a more positive note, let's say we have a season. What do we have to look forward to with the Toronto Rock this year? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited about our team. Um, we're going to be young. We're going to be young, and uh, we're going to play the way we want to play. And we got a lot of great, great players, and great talents, and great people, and uh, a great unity of a great group of guys. And and I'm I, I'm that's why you know I'm ready to go. I've been ready to go for a while here. I think we got a, a great mix, and uh, excited about what's ahead for the Toronto Rocks. So. Hopefully we get a chance to see it. That's that's where I'm at, and and there's exciting times. There's change, and and this is going to be a good group, in my opinion. Jamie, uh, I can't thank you. Any any final parting words uh, you want to share with us before we let you go here on Lacrosse Classified? No, I mean I love it. You know, it's, it's good. I wish I could probably answer a few more questions that you like than I did, but you know, I love what you guys are doing. You're doing a good job, and. You know, both sides want both. Listen, we all love the game of lacrosse, and and unfortunately, this is kind of the business part. And you know, unfortunately, it's come to where it's come. But you know, I think uh, I like to believe that everyone realizes what's at stake here. And like I said, uh, you know, let's not jeopardize what what we've what we're the direction we're heading in, and and where we're going. Hopefully, and and let let's keep on going and. And then when we, you know, it'll down the road, it'll be better for for everyone and, and makes sense. So, but uh, th- you know, thanks for having me. I appreciate you know, always happy to come on and and chat and and hope I could shed a little light on what's going on. Absolutely, I really appreciate your time and uh, obviously disappointed won't get to see the Rock here in Vancouver on the eighth, but uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you on down the road and uh, hopefully sooner than later. Thanks, Jamie. Right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Jamie Dowick, the owner, president, general manager of the Toronto Rock, and, uh, you know, a, a guy that's probably Evan, kind of right in the middle of things as far as where he fits on uh, the scale of ownership groups uh, throughout the National Lacrosse League. And <laughs> Jamie is a massive fan of the game. His boy is going to be a, a rising star in this game before too long. He's got a couple of boys that play and listen, the guy's got a lacrosse rink in his backyard and uh, he's built a facility in Toronto. That's uh, exclusive and a, a practice facility for the rock. This man has invested millions and millions of dollars into his team. And you know, he wants this season to happen, but he's a responsible businessman and he's not going to do something or, or get himself into a situation that's that's not going to be right for him, and, and you can probably count the rest of the ownership group like that as well. No, and I mean, you know, he's losing money, and, you know, his biggest problem is he's got an expensive lease, probably one of the most expensive in the league. Yes. Uh, you know, and, of course, he's got that great facility, the track there in 
Toronto, and we're hoping in the future Bruce Urban builds a similar one in Saskatoon here. You know, a lot of people say, well, why don't you sell this to MLSE? Well, Jamie is so invested in this game, he's not selling this thing to MLSE anytime soon. So you can pass that notion off. But if he's bleeding money, can he bleed more money? No. But the, I think the one thing we really got to take away well, from Well, the thing is, Evan, is that like you're asking, he's already losing money, and then you're asking him to lose more money. And that's that's hard. It could be and 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 yeah, you're you're trying to take it from the average of every team, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not like that for the owners because it's an individual thing. Yeah, they're a partnership, and yeah, they're a kind of a conglomeration, but they're also individuals with ind- independent franchises. No, no question. But of course, the thing that we've really got to take away from here. And it's something we've talked about, and I, you know, it didn't surprise either of us. I think when he said it, but the season's on life support. You know, like they are looking at pulling the plug at this stage, and you know, we're closer to that date being determined than I think any of us thought. Yeah, well, it, it's a reality, man. And and that was, you know, when he, when he said that we're on life support, that that like hit home. Uh, listening to that, so again. I'm on I'm on their side. You know, I I really believe that they deserve every single penny that they can get in this game and and people think, "Oh, well, well they just play on the weekends." Listen, I've seen firsthand, well, I, I I've seen firsthand what these guys go through on a weekly basis, how they prepare their bodies and their minds to get ready to play these games, what they go through as far as the travel schedule, you know, having to take time off of work, what they go through as far as having to leave their family every second weekend to go and play a game. They deserve all they can get. Now, the question becomes, how much is that? So where the league doesn't put itself in jeopardy. The owners think that they have that number, and this is what it is. This is what we can afford to give you. And they're saying, this is what we can pay you now. We're not quite where you guys think we're going to get to, but we will get there, but we're not there now. So let's broach this thing for the time being until we get to a place where we can grow to what you guys want. That's kind of the message that I'm getting from both sides is that, the players are projecting to where the league is going to go. The owners are saying, let's wait until we get there, and then you'll get yours. Yeah, but, I mean, I put this out in random thoughts this week. The reality of this situation is that I'm still a little stunned that the the owners didn't take the offer that was out there on Wednesday. The reason I say this is, is that, in essence, the first two years were played almost under identical terms to the old CBA as it was. You know, the, instead of getting a 3.5% bump, they get to 4 So we're not talking thousands, you know, we're not talking millions of dollars here. We're talking a few thousand. But the owners could have literally sat there for two years, not really have worked much on the ATR formula, and pulled out. And they would still have lacrosse on the floor right now. But instead, now we've got this situation where one side is saying ATR is a deal-breaker. We've got the other side saying that this drop count is a deal-breaker. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to get past it in the next couple of weeks. I, I'm 
getting more and more doubtful every day. Yeah, I mean, and, and when you hear from an owner and you hear from uh, the league saying, like, this is this is our final offer, I I don't you know I don't I don't know how this this gets done I unless one side decides okay like we're not prepared to miss the season and we'll concede and you you heard Jamie talk about well how long of a deal are you looking he wants a ten year deal because that will show the league has some real stability and a structure and they are able to continue to bring in teams from Philadelphia and San Diego and Long Island and reported San Francisco and Halifax and attract new ownership to come and join in this league. And if they don't have that long-term deal, are these big players, these guys with massively deep pockets that is going to help this league in the future and pay these guys what they want to be paid eventually is that going to hamper it? It sounds like it will. It sounds like if there's only a two or a three year deal, then potential owners that want to join the league are going to go, well, I don't know what's going to happen three years from now. Is the whole thing going to change then? So it's, it's a real sticky situation here between the two sides and man, oh man, I, I just, I think you know we saw Dane Doby join Twitter over the weekend, Evan, and yep. everybody was kind of waiting on bated breath for <laughs> for Dane to make his first tweet because if you know Dane Doby, he's a he's a certified beauty and and a pretty funny guy. And it was like, I cannot. His tweet was, uh, I'm paraphrasing. I cannot believe it's come down to this. This is completely ridiculous. Lock yourself in a room until the deal gets done. Let's go. <laughs> you know, like what is mm-hmm. what's it going to take? And I really think at the end of the day, maybe it, maybe it is a case where. Nick Sakevich and, and Peter Schmidt uh, head up into a mountain with a secluded cabin and bolt the door closed and uh, crack open a bottle of whiskey and, and sit there until the deal gets done. Because uh, the only ones that are, are really suffering the most, and I know the owners and, and players have lots of things to lose, is the fans. And if you lose your fans in your league, you're done. So that's, that's the consideration that these two sides, both of them, and I'm talking both of them need to come to the realization. If you lose your fans, you are done and it's getting close. You look at the, the, the exchanges on Twitter uh, and, and the back and forth, uh, the fans are, they're full of vitriol pissed offness right now that the season is supposed to begin in a matter of a couple of weeks and these two sides can't figure it out. And I don't know how long down the road, and I'm starting to go off here a little bit, but when do we get to the point where a meteor or an arbitrator comes into the, the scenario and helps these two sides broach the deal? Because if we're talking about being on life support right now, I think the time for that has passed already. Like, make it happen. Well, no, you're not going to get those fans back for three or four years in most cases, you know. There's, there's those diehards that'll be there day one, the second of the, the, there's lacrosse back. But you go to Saskatchewan, I'll give a perfect example. Out of that 15,000 in that building, less than 10% have ever played a game of lacrosse in their life. If there's no rush there, they might not ever be back. That's one of the realities. But the one thing I will say, and this is to defend the players here, is I get why they don't want a 10-year deal. You know, they, they're looking at three or four. But, you know, and they offered five in one of their last deals. 
if you're looking at a league with with the commissioner coming out saying that you know he wants 30 teams in this league and he'll probably be past 20 by the time 10 years from now comes what's that league going to look like do you want to lock yourself into something that you don't know what's going to happen 5 years from now totally you're you're totally right and and that's why i think you know the the owners want 10 the players want somewhere around 4 or 5 and i think you you meet in the middle with an opt out after 6 years or whatever the case is to to kind of have a safety net when when that comes i just i really think you have to think long and hard about what reality is now and what the future is going to be and and yeah you can you can try and predict and project and all the rest of it but what reality is now is there's just not enough teams that are making that much money to give the players exactly what they're asking for so i think the owners got to concede a little bit and give the players more than what they're offering now but i also think the players need to come off their number a little bit and come back down to reality a little bit for the deal to get done. Well, and the other thing I think that honestly needs to be done, I've heard this through inner circles, is if drop count is a deal breaker, if ATRs are a deal breaker, give us a third system. Give us a third system that can project league growth and can get the players the raises they deserve as the league grows. But kill the two that are out there, and where's that third system? I don't know, but there's arbitrators out there that can figure that out. Evan, we just crossed the hour threshold. We made fans endure a 90-minute podcast last week. I don't want to put the fans through that, (laughs) the listeners through that again. So we will uh, sign off for week number two. We can't thank Pat Gregoire and Jamie Dowick enough for coming on the podcast. Uh, Really appreciate their time. Evan, a a great job again as always. we got two under the belt now. We're moving along here. we got some commercials. we got an intro. Things are happening here on Lacrosse Classified. I'd look for a brand new logo to come out uh, pretty soon as well for lacrosse podcast. Make sure you check us out on Twitter. We're just a few followers away from 1000. So go on, give us a follow at lax class for lacrosse classified on Twitter. You can check us out on Instagram as well at lacrosse classified Shemlax for Evan. I'm PXP for sports. We thank you, the listener for checking out the podcast. It's so good to be back with you. And especially right here on lacrosse all-stars podcast network for extreme threads and associated labels and packaging for Evan Sheminar. I've been Jake Elliott and for the fastest game on two feet and for my man, the creator, we'll talk to you next week right here on lacrosse classified.